you know, I was on social media this week and, you know, all these memes that come out. So there was this meme of, I don't remember what it was exactly, but some kind of worship leader kind of pulling something out, you know, from the closet or whatever. It said, every worship leader dusting off good, good father for Father's Day. (laughs) You know, and uh, I kind of laughed a little bit because even as a communicator, I was praying about what to preach about today. And it's like days like this, you're almost in this tension as a speaker because there's just like really obvious messages that would be very easy to go to. Right? It's like if it's Mother's Day, it's something about women, or you're going to preach something about, you know, moms, or I don't know, on Deborah or something. You're going to, you know, it's not a day you go preach on some male character of the Bible. It just doesn't fit quite well. You know, on the Father's Day, it's like, it's just really, so you have this tension because it's very easy to go there, but then part of you is just like, no, I'm, I'm preaching something different. I'm not, I'm not, because everyone's just going to be like, oh yeah, sure, real creative pastor. It's Father's Day. You're preaching about this. But I, I think it is important and uh, you know these messages do matter and they are important and and just and obviously the most important thing is asking the Lord what what do you want me to share about what you want me to talk about and so as I prayed and I prepared you know I've been thinking about this season we're in and it's very foundational we've been talking about you know legacy and who we are and uh, talking about core values and then even just um, you know as a church where we've been experiencing growth and there's a lot of fresh and new faces it's been I think really important to go back through a lot of our foundational kind of cornerstones and what we're talking about and who we are and who God has called us to be. And so just as I pray today on Father's Day, um, I want to talk to you about knowing God as your father. And I want to talk to you about the father's love in your life, knowing God in relationship. Now, for many of us in here, because this is a very core theme and a very core message for us here at Toronto City Church, uh, it, it may be more of on one level of review than anything else, but I've learned, I've learned over the years that often what I need is not something new, it's actually I just need to go back to what I know, and I need to allow God to take me deeper in it, and, and, and cause growth. You know, it's like, how many of you have a favorite meal? Who has a favorite meal here? I think most of us probably have a favorite meal. You don't go, well, I ate that last year, so I don't need that today. You know, if it's a good meal, you like to eat it over and over again, and, and the way the kingdom works, there's always layers to revelation, so the more you meditate in something, the more you learn about it, the more you grow. Even if you go over the same verses, you go over the same things, there's life in the word of God. And it just opens doors and it opens windows for you to go deeper. So I want to talk for a little bit today about walking in a revelation of God as our father. I want to talk to you about experiencing his love in our lives. I want to talk to you about living as a son or a daughter of God and about breaking the power of the orphan spirit. Um, there's a lot there. I'm not going to do a deep dive in everything, but that's kind of the territory I want to land in. Uh, you know, there are several foundational revelations that every believer I've come to understand, I really believe, needs to experience. It's actually my dad and I have had lots of conversations about this. Uh, the first revelation is knowing Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's what brings us into the kingdom. That's when we are born again. And so if you are here today, I'm assuming the vast majority of us have made Jesus our Lord and Savior. If you haven't yet, we're glad you're here, welcome, and we pray that you will come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But there's this revelation of Jesus, and and there's his lordship in our lives, revelation of him being our Savior, and that's when we are born again. And so that's a very important revelation here at Toronto City Church that we want every person to experience. We're believing for every person in our city to experience this revelation of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And and it's interesting because 
it, it is truly a revelation, and I'll unpack revelation a little bit more. But it's not just a head knowledge, it's something that becomes real in your heart, becomes real in your life. And I think we could all experience that and comment to that for ourselves where we've had this experience or come to know Jesus in this way. We also believe in the importance of a revelation of the Holy Spirit. You know, we believe that, that you know, we, we talk about even the scriptures, it's a divine mystery, but God is three, but he's also one, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And so we have this revelation of Jesus, the Son. We also have the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. I want to ask you guys to please keep Pastor Sharon in prayer this week because she's actually Amsterdam 2023. That's literally bringing believers together from all over the world. And, and uh, one of the major goals is to take the gospel to every person in the world and to put a focus on the next 10 years because 2033 is 2,000 years since Jesus was crucified. And that the gospel can go to every person in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so keep her in prayer because she's actually going to be sharing at that conference and ministering at that conference. And, uh, and she never likes when I do that, but keep her in prayer because she's amazing. And she's going to be doing a bunch of different stuff in that context, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But there's also a third revelation that I want to talk to you about today that I believe is just as important as the revelation of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's just as important as the revelation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's the revelation of God as our Father. And I want to ask you today, and I believe we're going to take some time to talk about then we're going to finish with some ministry time. But do you know God as your Father today? Not just theologically, not just kind of, you know, doctrinally. Again, those are very important things. I'm not against that at all. But do you truly know Him as your Father? Have you experienced His love for you? Because what I've come to understand over the years, seeing it in my life, seeing it in the lives of so many people around me, seeing a, we get an opportunity to minister this on encounters and in different contexts and places, I've come to understand that it is so important that we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior. It's so important that we encounter the Holy Spirit and we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's just as important that we know God as our Father. It's just as important that we walk and we live in a revelation of the Father and of the Father's love for us. And so my prayer today, even as I get to share this for a few moments, is I pray that on Father's Day 2023, whether in person, whether you're tuning in online, maybe you're watching this later, it's not even technically Father's Day, but my prayer for you as you tune in is that we would experience a fresh revelation of God our Father. Again, I reference this, Pastor Sharon was praying and leading us in the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Not just our Lord, even though he is our Lord. Not just the creator of the universe, even though it's the creator of the universe. I mean, there's so many different ways he could be addressed to be entirely correct, but Jesus said, this is what you pray. Pray our Father who art in heaven. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 3, 13 to 17. This is a passage you guys will all, almost all of you will be very familiar with. If not, you'll be introduced to a great passage. But it says this, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, we'll pause there for a second. 
I want you just to think about this because we get very used to these stories, these accounts. I mean, this, this is an incredible kind of moment. Jesus is stepping into his ministry. He's coming to be baptized by John, and as he baptizes him, comes something supernatural happens. Jesus comes up from being baptized, which again is a picture of baptism of, of being born again, right? It's a picture of that revelation. The Holy Spirit descends on him as a dove. Didn't say he was a dove, but as a dove, he descended on him. So we see this encounter with the Holy Spirit, but then a voice from heaven speaks. And what does he say? I mean, think about this for a moment. Of all the things that could be said, he says this. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, I know we get used to these stories and these accounts, but I want you to think about this for a moment with me because for years I never thought about it until one day I was kind of, the Lord started to unpackage them for me. Why did he say that? There's so many things that would have been very legitimate for him to say in that moment. He could have said, this is the Messiah who's going to save you from your sins. This is the Christ. Right? This is God in the flesh. I think there's a lot of things most of us would have probably picked, just if we're thinking about naturally, before saying, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased but this is what God chose to say. I love the New Living Translation says this, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now I want you to notice something here. This was before Jesus had done anything. No miracles, no messages preached, no ministry, no followers. He had not in the natural, from the way we tend to look at it, accomplish anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, when you look at the scriptures, we see Jesus being born, then we jump to when Jesus is 12, and, and we don't know if his parents lost him or if he just disappeared, but they went to Jerusalem, they left for three days, they couldn't find Jesus. I still don't understand that, because I don't know, my kids are gone for three days, I, I, I would have noticed, but somehow they didn't notice for three days. They come back, they find him in the temple, what are you doing? You know, kind of parents, you know that when you're like so relieved, and you're also so angry, it's like this conflicting of emotions. Do you know what you did to me? But I'm so glad to see you, but do you know what you did to me? That whole thing, Jesus said, did you not know I'd be in my father's house? That says, Jesus Christ grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God and man. And that's all it tells us about the next 18 years. Nothing. It doesn't tell us anything about it. And then he shows up here at age 30, and one of the reasons 30 is so significant was 30 was when uh, uh, part of the tribe of Levi, you could become a priest at 30. That was when you became a priest. You could not become a priest before 30. That was the age at which you became a priest, and even a high priest because Jesus is our high priest. So he steps into his ministry. He has not done anything yet. I mean, some levels from our, I was joking about this first service. He's 30. Come on, Jesus, you're behind in your ministry here. I mean, think about it. Some of us struggle sometimes. We feel like we're behind. I haven't done a whole lot. He's 30. I mean, come on. I planted a church at 22, Jesus. You're 30. You haven't even started yet. I was laughing. I was like, that even sounds blasphemous to say, right? <laughs> just sorry, Jesus. You know, it's just like, but, but we think that way, don't we? We think that way 
But up till 30, and the Bible, I, I mean, I would love when I get a conversation with Jesus, you know, when we step over into that time. Like, I'm like, what? Like, fill me in here. What was that like? And I have a sneaking suspicion it'll probably be pretty boring. I think he probably worked as a carpenter. I think he probably spent lots of time in prayer and spent lots of time in the scriptures. I mean, he was already schooling the religious leaders at 12. I mean, if there's anyone, child prodigy type, right? But, but why am I saying this? So he comes up, he receives the baptism, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes on his life, and then he's affirmed by his father. Not because of what he had done, but because of the father's love for him. So there's a key here. Everything flows out of receiving the love for the father, you don't earn the love for the, of the Father by doing good things. You do good things because you've got a revelation that you're loved. Right? That, that's the, the, so, but, but it's interesting because God never did anything by accident here. He did this very much on purpose. And what I want to encourage you today is there is something that is significant and foundational and transformational when you hear the Father say to you, you are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. You bring me great joy. Not because of what you've done. Not because of how spiritual we are, how many days you've fasted, how much you've prayed, how many times you've witnessed, even though these are all good things to do. But he says, I just love you. Because you're my child. And I love you because I choose to love you. But there's something about hearing him say that. Right? Everyone else can say it, but there's this element of revelation. Like with Jesus and Peter, we said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say this, some say this. Okay, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. There was this revelation that came. And some of you would understand, you know, when God speaks something to you or God shows something to you, you're reading the word, and you just know that you know. And someone says, how do you know that? You're like, I, I don't know. I just know it. It's like it came alive for me. That's revelation. I heard someone say it this way. It moves from up here to here. And you have that revelation. Well, all of us, we need to live out of the revelation. And it's a growing revelation, progressive revelation, that he's our father. And he loves us. And we bring him great joy. Um, Matthew 17, 1 to 8. Let's jump ahead here in the book of Matthew. And now we, we're going now. So that was the start of his ministry. Now we're going to 40 days. It's 40 days out from when he's going to the cross. And it says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. I mean, just picture this. In other words, it was just blinding. You ever try to look at, this, like, look at the sun? It's like his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. I mean, this is, <laughs> I mean, mind-blowing. Moses and Elijah just show up. Right? His face is glowing like the sun. And so Peter, of course, jumps in and says, Lord, it's good we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and Elijah. I just don't get that one. I mean, I'm sure maybe some Bible scholars, there's some deeper significance to making tents. But I'm like, Jesus is being transfigured. Moses is showing up. Elijah is showing up. And Peter's like, let's make tents. 
I'm going to make a tent for every one of you. Like, what? But at least God, Peter's trying to do something, right? They're coming for Jesus. He's going to cut somebody's ear off. Jesus is walking in the water. He says, if it's really you, tell me. Peter is a man of action. Some of us can identify. So Peter's like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Let's make tents. And I'm sure James and John are like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. <laughs> shut up, Peter. Just shut up. <laughs> right? This is Elijah, whatever. We don't need to make tents. <laughs> I'm looking forward to meeting Peter, too. I think he's going to be amazing. But it's funny, too, right? You got these guys, you have to say, these guys take a lot on themselves. None of us are in the Bible telling of all our faults and shortcomings for all the world to read for all of eternity, right? It's just like, if you and I ended up in the Bible... <laughs> Anyways, let's keep going. And so he said, I'll make tents. And while I was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed him. It's kind of like God's like, no, don't worry, Peter, I got it. And a voice from the cloud said, watch this. So we get the voice again. What's he going to say this time? What's, what's the revelation that he's going to now bring forward? Right? Because we always want the new thing, right? Forty days before Jesus goes, he's getting ready. At the start, now he's getting ready for the end. He's getting ready for the final lap. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And he does add one little part. He says, listen to him. <laughs> listen to him. It's probably a good reminder for us today. That's a word for somebody today. Listen to him. <laughs> right? God's asked you to do some things, listen to him. God's made some promises in your life, listen to him. You're going through some battles, listen to him. You're starting to battle with doubt right now, listen to him. We want to complicate God's deep revelation. Sometimes just like, listen to him. But he goes right back to saying again, you're my son. Now, I'm going, God, in one level, we already said that. Right, like let's add something new onto this. But it's amazing because that's what God knew needed to be declared over him once again. At the start, this is my son. I love him. He brings me great joy. Right before he's about to go finish this thing off and go through unimaginable horrors but then great glory. This is my son. I love him. He brings me great joy. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. No more tent making. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. At the beginning, this is my son, I love him. He brings me great joy. At the end, this is my son, I love him. He brings me great joy. Two of the primary revelations that were so revolutionary in the New Testament, it's not that they were never in the Old Testament, but they, they were brought to the forefront in the New Testament. Was number one was knowing God as Father, and secondly, of his love for us. It's all through the New Testament. Jesus said, I came to reveal the Father. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Those are the things that were brought to the forefront. I want to read you a few verses just to get a feel for how key this is to our, our, to our faith and to the New Covenant and New Testament Christianity. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6 says this, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Ephesians 4 verse 6, One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. 
James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. 1 John 3 verse 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is it did not know him. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction and the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. It's a word for somebody today. 2 Corinthians 6, 18, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. One last one, Romans eight fifteen, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba's uh, terminology is almost like daddy. It's, it's like that personal term. So it's interesting because we talk about receiving Jesus as Lord. We talk about the Holy Spirit. But one of the things it says is the Spirit comes and we receive a spirit of adoption. One of the things the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to bring a revelation of adoption into our hearts and lives and that you have been adopted by God when you give your life to Jesus. You have been adopted as a son or a daughter. Now why this is particularly significant is we need to understand adoption in these biblical times and adoption in this culture that Paul is writing to. Because I almost feel like in some regards in our culture, in our present day, we, we almost treat adoption as it's kind of a little bit of level below being born, you know, kind of being born of flesh. Like, it's, it's good, it's nice, but, you know, a lot of people wrestle with it exactly the same. Let me kind of walk out. I know Pastor Sharon and I were for a season exploring adoption and kind of looking at options, and sadly, it's, it's just, you wish it, it's hard in our culture right now. There's a lot of challenges and roadblocks. We wish, pray that will change. Um, but it's interesting because when, when, when uh, Paul wrote this in Romans, when the Romans would read that, it would resonate differently for them because here's how it worked. In their culture at that time, if you had a son or a daughter and they dishonored you, you could disown them. You could put them out of the family. You could disinherit them. But if you chose to adopt a child, you could never disinherit them. If you chose to adopt a child, and this is what they understood intrinsically, it's one thing, you could have a child, and it was kind of like, and not to take away from the power of having children, but just in their culture, if I had you as my child, I could disinherit you. But if I chose you to adopt you, I could never disinherit you. And the Bible says that, gee, the Holy Spirit came with the spirit of adoption, so when God says, I adopt you, he is also saying, I will never leave you, I will never forsake sake you. I will never disinherit you because I'm your father and you are my child. The adoption is actually so powerful and carries so much weight. And that's why he said, I'm adopting you. And you've received the spirit of adoption in your life. You are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. You bring me great joy. It's never going to change. Yeah, but what if I sin and mess up? He can't, he won't do it. He will not disinherit you. You may walk away from him, but he will never walk away from you. So, so what's the big deal, though, with all this father thing? Pastor Sharon was speaking to it a little bit here. Because this whole issue of father is very core to who we are. I remember hearing someone say recently, they said, go through even media. Go through our pop culture. Look at films, look at movies, look how much father themes are built into it. 
I mean, I was kind of laughing, but I'm going, you start thinking of Disney movies. Little Mermaid, conflict with her father. Right? She wants to go, Lion King. <laughs> da, 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 right? It's like, you start tracking through. I'm going to laugh, me and my daughter are Star Wars geeks. Come on, Star Wars. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> right? Like, it's tracks through. It's so, it's so built into who we are. Here's, here's actually what uh, the Pediatrics Clinic of Franklin, I just was doing some research, they said this. It said, and this is not a Christian organization. They said this, anyone can father a child, but being a dad takes a lifetime. Fathers play a role in every child's life that, they cannot, that cannot be filled by others. This role can have a large impact on a child and help shape him or her into the person they become. Fathers, like mothers, are pillars in the development of a child's emotional well-being. Children look to their fathers to lay down rules and enforce them. They also look to their fathers to provide a feeling of security, both physical and emotional. Children want to make their fathers proud, and an involved father promotes inner growth and strength. Studies have shown that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, it greatly affects a child's cognitive and social development. It also instills an overall sense of well-being and confidence. Fathers not only influence who we are inside, but how we have relationships with other people as we grow. The way a father treats his child will influence what he or she looks for in other people. Friends, lovers, and spouses will all be chosen based on how the child perceives the meaning of a relationship with his or her father. The pattern a father sets in the relationship with his children would dictate how his children relates to other people. Young girls depend on their fathers for security and emotional support. A father shows his daughter what a good relationship with a man is like. If a father is loving and gentle, his daughter will look for those qualities in men when she's old enough to begin dating. If a father is strong and valiant, she will relate closely to men of the same character. Unlike girls who model their relationships with others based on their father's character, boys model themselves after their father's character. Boys will seek approval from their fathers from a very young age. As human beings, we grow up by imitating the behavior of those around us. That's how we learn to function in the world. If a father is caring and treats people with respect, the young boy will grow up much the same. When a father is absent, young boys look to other male figures to set the rules on how to behave and survive in the world. So, so why are we saying all that? Why, why does this matter? Well, number one, fathers matter. We've talked about that. And our relationship with our father matters. And that's why God wants us to know him as Father God. Because we're seeing how significant this is. But let's be honest. For a lot of us in this room, we have complicated relationships with our fathers. Some of us have very difficult relationships with our father. You know, we have a day where we celebrate dads. But some of you, the minute we start talking about fathers, we start talking about God as father, you, you kind of tense up. Because that's not been a good relationship for you. It's, it's been a difficult relationship. Now, as I was saying, I, I, I'm challenged as I go through this as well, just looking at how am I being a father. So why does it matter so much that God wants us to know him as father? Well, you know, one of the teachers we've learned a lot from on this is a gentleman named Jack Frost. He's with the Lord as well. But in his book, Experiencing the Father's Embrace, he, he talked about some different types of fathers that maybe we experienced. First, there's the performance-oriented father. Performance-oriented father has high standards, but it's not balanced out by love. He always points out your faults and failures. Love and affirmation is expressed only when you perform well. Truth is valued above love, and you feel like you can never do anything right. 
So if that was there for you, then that's the way you often will tend to look at God. And you'll see God. There's also the passive father. A passive father is not responsive or involved. He's unemotional or withdrawn. He's busy with, you know, it used to be the newspaper. Now it's probably this. Or the screen or the show. or He's just, he's not there. I remember, uh, oh, it's interesting. I mean, I had a friend in high school. And he was, uh, I played ball, as most of you know. If you're, but he was like our star. I mean, if things had gone different, he probably could play college. His dad was actually a pastor. And, and his dad never came to one of his games. And he lived across the street from the school. Uh, now, before I'm too hard on his dad, I, his dad came up in kind of a religious environment where I think he saw sports as an unspiritual thing. But I remember one time I tried to talk to him. Just said, hey, I think he'd really like if you come to one of his games. I don't remember what he said, but I think it was, sounded very spiritual. But, you know, he was, he, he was not there. And then I was, um, my dad, because my dad used to come to all the games. And it sucks sometimes because I'm sitting on the bench and he's coming to the games. <laughs> you know? But, but all the guys knew on the team, it's like, well, Mr. Because, frankly, a lot of, some of my, bunch of my teammates, their, their dad was not in the picture. So you could almost see it sometimes where it's like, <laughs> I'm sure some are thinking, his dad comes, he doesn't even play. I mean... <laughs> But, but, you know, he was, he was there. So there's the passive father. There's also the absentee father. The absentee father maybe is not present due to death, divorce, abandonment. This can result in feelings of rejection and abandonment in your life. And you often have trouble trusting that God's going to be there for you. Because your experience with father is, you can't depend on him. He's not there. Uh, the authoritarian father, very strict and lives by rules. Obedience is valued above relationship. This can result in deep anger or a loss of motivation. You either go, well, you get very angry about it, or you just go, who cares? I can't live up anyways. I'm just going to do my thing. There's the abusive father. The abusive father inflicts physical, emotional, verbal, or sexual abuse on family members. This creates great inner pain, fear, and insecurity. And so when you try and relate to God as your father, it's just a huge jump. Because just for you, it's, it's painful. And then there's the good father. Unconditionally pours out affirmation, love, encouragement in concrete ways, even when they discipline. Is proud of you, initiates relationship with you. But even a good father is never perfect and still needs to point us to God as the only perfect father. Now, for most of us, our father maybe fits somewhere in that range. Uh, and let's not, if it, if it was a hard one, here's, here's what I've learned. Most men struggle to be fathers because they were never fathered. And, and, and sometimes that helps you when you understand it. A lot of times what's happened with them is just that's all they experience and that's all they know. And they're trying to battle through it and sometimes they struggle and they just don't battle through it well. And if you've been through that, learning to forgive is one of the most freeing things you can do. Uh, because when you judge, you become bitter and the boss talks about the bitter root starts to get in you and it starts to, and often what happens is what you judge, you become in many capacities at some point down the road. So there's healing. God can empower you to forgive. But, but I don't know where it fits. Maybe, maybe your dad fit more in the good father. Like wherever it is, but here's, here's the good news no matter where it is today. The good news is this. Whatever your experience has been, 
God says, I want you to know me as your father. And as you know me as your father, as you know my love for you, it doesn't matter. I will bring healing. I will bring restoration. I will, what was the team singing about? I'll turn it around. And whatever was meant for evil, I will turn for good. See, no matter, that's what I say, because I know for some of us it kind of got kind of sad and depressing there. And you're kind of, Pastor, what are you doing to me today? It's Father's Day. It is just like that. But what I'm trying to do is we're trying to point you back to the Father. We have real talks about what it is sometimes because we want to talk about the reality of the situation. But then God the Father comes in. He says, will you let me be your father? I will be the father to the fatherless. I will step in. And no matter what your journey or your experience has been, because often it's just because of hurt and wounding and pain and the work of the enemy, will you let me? be your father will you let me pour out my love into your life because if I can pour my love out into your life it brings healing it brings wholeness it brings restoration it brings transformation and really what everyone in this world needs is they need an encounter with father God right up to where we talk about the father of fatherlessness when we're orphans in the spirit we are orphans we need the encounter we need to be adopted by God's and his love and God says will you let me be your father today not just theologically, not just in your head, but will you receive my love in your heart? Will you let me speak over you? This is my son. I love him. He brings me great joy. This is my daughter. I love her. Not because how great she is and all the things she does. I just love her. On your worst day, he loves you. Even when you mess everything up, he still loves you. And he says, you bring me great joy. Will we let God father us today? Will we receive the Father's love? Um, how many have heard of Derek Prince? Many of us have. Many of us haven't. Derek Prince was a very influential Bible teacher and theologian. He's now gone to be with the Lord, but he wrote multiple books, multiple teachings. Just this guy was brilliant. probably one of the foremost like uh, Pentecostal scholars of the last century. Uh, really, really sad. So he, he, he wrote about this in 96, and this was once he was in his 70s. He said, my understanding of God was revolutionized by a personal experience in 1996. Ruth and I had been sitting up in bed one morning, praying together as we normally do, and I became aware of a powerful force at work in my feet and lower legs. It moved upward until my whole body was forcibly shaken by it. Ruth told me later that the skin on my face changed to a deep red. But at the same time, I was aware of an arm stretched out towards my head, seeking to press down something like a black skull cap upon me. For a few moments, there was a conflict between these two forces. Then the power at work in my body prevailed, and the arm with the skull cap was forcibly taken away and vanished. Immediately, without any mental process or reasoning, I knew I could now call God my father. I'd used the phrase, our father, for more than 50 years. Doctrinally, I was clear about this truth. I'd even preached a series of three messages of knowing God as father. But what I received at that moment was like a direct personal revelation. Let me share with you my interpretation of this experience. I was born in India, and I spent my first five years of my life there. 20 years later, after I was saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, I became aware of some dark shadow that always hung over me. I understood it to be a spirit that had followed me from my early days through life seeking to oppress me. There was one particular way that this spirit oppressed me. Every morning I would awake with a dark foreboding of something evil awaiting me. It was never anything precise, just some amorphous darkness. This unknown evil never actually happened, but every day the foreboding was there. After I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the foreboding diminished in intensity, but it never disappeared. 
I did, however, discover that if I set my mind to praise and worship, the foreboding would lift from me, yet it always came back the next morning. The day that black skull cap was pulled away, the foreboding vanished and never returned. And from that morning, it became completely natural for me now to address God as Father or my Father. I now have a personal relationship, not just a theological position. I've been enjoying this new relationship for about two years. Ever since I was saved, I have believed that if I continued to be faithful to the Lord, I'd go to heaven when I die, but I never really thought of heaven as my home. After that arm with the black skull cap was taken away, however, it was now became natural to view heaven as my home. Shortly afterwards, I said to Ruth, when I die, if you want to give me a tombstone, you can write on it two words, gone home. Right? And I've shared that before, so some of you would be familiar with the story, but I mean, this gentleman wrote, knows more about the Bible than any of us will probably ever know, wrote more books than any of us will ever write, preached more messages. I, mean, I remember I was in uh, Global Kingdom, you know, another great church here in the city, and they, had, they used to be Scarborough Gospel Temple. It's a historic church. And I was looking, they had their whole kind of historic wall. And I'm, I'm a history geek, so I love that stuff. So I was looking, and I, I, they had a bulletin from like 1947 at Lakeshore Pentecostal Camp, and the main speaker was Derek Prince. I mean, it was just, I was looking at this, that kind of stuff gets my attention. But, but even at that, all that time, you know, but he got this revelation of God as Father, and it changed him. And I want to encourage you, the same thing for each one of us. Wherever we are, God wants us to know him as Father. He wants us to know him, his love. And what I love about it is wherever, wherever we are, right? This might be the first time today you're hearing this. And God's saying to you, on Father's Day 2023, will you let me reveal myself to you as Father? For some of us, maybe you've been on a journey and you've prayed this and maybe you've taught this before. But you know what? Today there's still more, a deeper revelation that God has for you. Uh, one last story to share with you guys and then we'll pray. Uh, I had an interesting experience. Oh, it must have been about a year and a half ago. About a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I always like to keep growing. I'm always trying to, yeah, I always want to stay humble and hungry and just keep learning and growing. And so I had an opportunity to do a, uh, I can't remember what I was doing. I was doing a session, Emma Stark. So she had done some ministry time with Sharon and I. And she was leading me on this journey. You know, she's on the phone. She's in Scotland. I'm here in Toronto. Uh, but I can't remember how we got there in the journey, but we started to dig a little deeper into my feeling of having to prove myself to the Lord. Now, this is after years of teaching Father's heart. This is after years. I've done encounters. I've prayed over people. They've cried. I've cried. We've just had amazing ministry times. I mean, I, I've had all these things of experiencing God's love, but I say this just to help us understand there's, there's always some more layers. And in, in, that, in that session, I, I suddenly came to this picture. And I had this picture because I, I, I care if it's meeting Jesus. And she's saying, you're meeting Jesus. What are you saying right now? It was something like that. I honestly don't remember. I just remember the fruit of it. And I remember I realized in that moment, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, if Jesus walked into the room and met Jesus, here's what I'd do. Number one, I'd hug him. Unless he showed up with his face shining like the sun and I'd probably fall on the ground like Peter and everybody else. I definitely would not say, let's make a tent. Uh, but here's honestly what I'd do. I'd hug him. I'd start to cry. As God is my witness, I would say, I'm sorry I am not doing more. I'm sorry, I, I, I should be doing more. I'm not doing enough. And, and in that moment, she asked, well, why is that your first response? 
I just felt like God said to me at moments, he said, Brennan, I don't want that to be our relationship. I love you unconditionally. Like I'm thankful for all you do, but I love you unconditionally. It's not about how you do I don't want you to feel like the first thing you'd have to say to me when you see me is I'm sorry you didn't do more. Because I love you. And you are my son. And you bring me joy. Even when you mess it up. It's kind of like a little kid walking. You don't go, oh, look, at that's terrible walking. You know, that's terrible. Look at that. No, you're cheering them on. He's like, that's the heart of the father. And so I, just, I share that to encourage you because maybe for some of you, you're actually pretty secure in this stuff, but maybe is there some more the Lord would say to you, hey, I, I want to I want to I wanna take you deeper in that. I want to talk to you more about this. Will you let me father you? Will you let me be your father? Not just a theological position, but a personal relationship. Can we bow our head and close our eyes today? And I just want to pray over us. And so I want us to do, we're going to go in a little encounter mode for a moment, is put your phone aside, put your, if you've been writing notes, pen and paper aside. I just want you to put yourself in a position to receive because I believe today, my prayer today, I believe what the Lord wants to do is he wants for so many of us to give us a fresh revelation of Father. Whatever our experience has been, whatever the hurts and pains in our lives have been, maybe today's hard because your dad's not here anymore. And you put it all together on the outside, but you kind of just can't wait for Father's Day to be over because it reminds you more of what you don't have than what you do. Wherever, wherever you are in the spectrum, guys, each one of us are individuals. We have our own life. We have our own story. Maybe some fathers listening to me today, and maybe you got a little convicted hearing some of what we talked about. And the Lord just put his hand, his finger on maybe some of the ways you are fathering right now. And he's saying, hey, I want you to reflect me more. Where, wherever it is today, I'm, I'm just looking for what God's saying to you. But Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. That when you adopt us, we become joint heirs with Christ. And when you choose to adopt us, you can never, you will never turn us away. Because you chose us and appointed us that we might go fruit, bear fruit, and that fruit will remain. We don't have to bear fruit to be chosen. You chose us so we could go do it. And so I pray today in Jesus' name, Lord, I can see you moving in so many different people. But I pray today in Father's Day 2023 for a revelation of the Father. I pray for a revelation of the Father's love for every person that's here. Lord, where there's hurt, where there's pain, or maybe this is a hard thing, I thank you that you're just breaking through right now. And that we are hearing you say, you are my son, you're my daughter, I love you, you bring me great joy. Lord, bring healing today where there needs to be healing. Bring restoration today where there needs to be restoration. 
God, there's some people listening to me and they've, they've literally been rejected by their father for some reason or another, but I thank you that you are stepping in there. You are not rejecting them, that you are filling every gap, that you are filling every, every, every situation today, and we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I pray today, tonight, this week, whatever, wherever it happens, however it happens, Father, for a revelation of Father's love. We are not forgotten. We are not forsaken. But we are loved. And because we're loved, that's what enables us and empowers us to do everything you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. That's this. Can we all just stand to our feet? And what I felt for today, we're going to close things off. You know, we've got Father's Day lunches and Father's Day activities and some of you got some things to go to. But what really put on my heart was I know the Lord's really moving and speaking to people. And whenever my wife moves, I'm like, oh, does she have something? The prophetic starts to flow. Uh, and sometimes I'm just distracted because she's so beautiful. But anyways. I want to I give it, if God's moving in you and God's speaking to you about this, it would be a huge honor for myself and some of our leaders. We would love to just take some time to pray with you. So we're going to finish. If you just want to kind of sit before the Lord, you're welcome to it. But if God's speaking to you, if you're saying, yeah, I need more of a revelation of God as my father, or maybe this has really hit on some areas of pain for you or some areas of difficulty, uh, you know, we're, we're going to dismiss. But what we're going to ask is if we can keep this as a place of prayer today. Uh, and really what it just means is, you know, sometimes you start chatting with people and you think you're being quiet, but most of us think we're being way quiet, more quiet than we really are. And it can kind of disrupt people who are trying to pray. So, you know, we, if you don't mind today just being a little extra quiet as you go out, but then talk as much as you want and as loudly as you want in the lobby. That's totally fine. Uh, but if you're particularly, you know, this message is for you today and you know you need this fresh revelation. I want to invite you just to come forward to the front as we close. And for myself and some of our leaders, we, we just want to pray for you. So I have Don and Ann, if you're okay to join mom and dad, if uh, some other connection leaders, if you want to join me, just to, we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for that revelation of the Father and that revelation of the Father's love in our lives. And so just in that today, and yeah, you can just come. If you, even if you want to come now, you can come and just come forward. We're going to come and we're going to pray for you and we're going to miss you. But Father, we thank you today. Again, on Father's Day, we bless every dad in this place. God, we bless those who are dreaming to be dads and we're believing with them as well for that. But we thank you for an amazing day of celebration, amazing day of encouragement. And Lord, I thank you most importantly today, even as this word has come forward, that we will know you as our Father in a fresh and a new way. Each one of us, God, so real, so powerful. And so we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, amen. We love you guys. God bless you. Dads, make sure you get your dad's root beer on the way out. And once the dads have all got it, I think we bought too much. So if you're a man and you want some root beer, you can take one too. We'll, we'll hook you up because I think we're good. But if you want prayer, just come forward. We're here to serve and minister you guys. But God bless you. We love you. Happy Father's Day. And uh, have, a, have a great week.